welcome back to Catching Up David. Tonight is episode 92, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Hello, Hallie. Hello, David. Hello, Kristen. Hey, howdy, hey. And hello, listeners. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is a 1998 American direct-to-video animated mystery comedy horror film. It It does all the things. It does all the things. It's so many things. Yeah. Uh, it's based on the Scooby-Doo franchise created for Hanna-Barbera in the late 1960s and is directed by Jim Stenstrom with a screenplay by Glenn Leopold. Yay for Glenn. Hooray. He's a master writer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you uh, go, Glenn. Yeah, you Scoo- go, Glenn. Scooby-Doo you. on Zombie Island stars <laughs> the voice talents of Scott Inez, Billy West, who also does the voices of, like, just about everybody on Futurama, as well as the title character in Doug. Aww. And, like, so many other people. Mm. There's a really great video I'm sure I've mentioned before about Billy West talking about the Popeye voice, because he's also the more contemporary voice of Popeye. Uh, Uh It's really good. I'll, I'll send it to... You've told me about this before, but I can't remember what his trick to getting into the Popeye voice was. Spinach. He like, he like, yeah, it's just, it's just spinach. It's just spinach. The answer to life is 42 and spinach. Mm. I he had spinach like... in my soup tonight. There you go. So yay. Was spinach. it a spinach soup? It's all coming. It was Italian wedding soup and there was spinach in it. Hmm. Okay. It was delicious. So, do the Popeye voice. I. Say more words. I'm Popeye. <laughs> I eat spinach and I eat olive oil. That's what Popeye sounds like, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Popeye sounds like. More sure. or less. Listeners, tell me if that's what Popeye sounds like. I know that you can't tell that Billy West isn't here right now doing the Popeye voice. That was me. But, like, that's that's the Popeye voice. Listeners, yeah. tell her she did a really bad job. <laughs> I make my point. Um, I make my case. <laughs> Spinach. <laughs> you have to. Uh, you have to do the Popeye voice for the rest of the episode. Arr. Yeah. Could also so, be uh, Morgan Moonscar's voice. Who can tell? Yeah. So that's Billy West. Uh, we've also got Mary Kay Bergman, Frank Welker, who was the original Fred Jones, and the. Fred Jones in this one, uh, B.J. Ward, Adrienne Barbeau, Tara Cherendoff, and Cam Clark, as well as Mark Hamill, who stars as yeah. the Captain Ahab Snakebite Scruggs guy, the bio fisherman trying to right. catch stars, absolutely, steals every scene he's in. He does. Every single one. He's uh, the bio fisherman trying to catch giant catfish Big Mona, as well as music by... Sky Cycle, and Third Eye Blind. Yeah! Third Eye Blind? Third Eye Blind did the the theme song for this one. You know, just the other day, I saw a thing that was like, wow, Scooby-Doo got a lot of, like, artists. Like, good people. And they had a whole list, but it was so many people that my eyes kind of glazed over it, and I must have missed Third Eye Blind. Uh, simple plan. Simple does plan. The theme does the cut for the, what's does new? The song. 
Yeah, the, the, yeah. What's, what's Scooby Scooby Doo? Doo? No, no, We're coming no, no, no. after you. We're gonna solve that oh, mystery. mystery. Yeah, that jam. That jam. It's oh, so good. Plan. God, I love this. This is plan. why pop punk is the superior genre. I do like pop punk. Sure. It's yeah. my it's my biggest playlist on Apple Music. Has the most songs out of all my other playlists. Even your Taylor Swift? Um, actually, ooh, ooh, good question. <laughs> oh no. Hold <laughs> on. She's, she's gonna answer it. Oh no. I'm gonna answer it. Okay. Pop Punk Playlist has 116 songs. Okay. The Taylor Swift Playlist has 89 songs. Oh, wow. It beat it quite, wow. by quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. There is yeah. only one Taylor Swift, though. That's true. Okay, that's also a good point that I was not considering. Yeah, but she has like 10 years worth of music. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that just helped or hurt my argument. I don't really know. Anyway, Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. He's on the zombie island. Yes. Sometimes it's zombies this time and now. islands. Yep. Yeah. I'm trying both, to see which uh, of which of my Spotify playlists has the most songs on it. It is the 80s. 80s. Nice. Yep, that's it. Followed very closely. Is it just called Is it just called, called the 80s? It's called 80s. Yeah. No. David. Well, I have fun. a 70s and a 90s as well. Yeah, but like you got to you got to put some fun emojis in there. Yeah. It's true. A, a good playlist has just emojis as titles so that you cannot search it. Yes. Most of my playlists are just emojis as titles. What's the best combination of emojis that you have? The best one is probably for um the the playlist I had going because you know you listen to some music you add it on to a playlist you listen to that playlist for like months at a time and then you're like hmm I need something new so you start a new one so whenever I start a new one it's just based off of vibes that I name it but I think the best one was the one that wound up being like almost kind of Luca themed just <laughs> in the emojis not in like the the content but it had a roller coaster a yellow Vespa a fish flag and a sailboat adorable it, it is it's precious because I give good playlist names yeah. Such a sailboat roller coaster. Such a <laughs> um it's a roller coaster fish. that's the fish flag sailboat. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of that cut. Trump thing where he's like, camera, man, woman. <laughs> yeah. He's like a kindergartner who's really proud of learning roller coaster, the first Vespa, fish flag, sailboat. Yeah. You're not special, orange man. Absolutely not. No. Okay, right. back to Scooby-Doo. Okay, yes. back to Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to guess whether or not the film was a commercial success? Um, Frickin' better be. I, I, I'm torn because it's a cult classic, for sure. Universally beloved. I don't know a single person who does not like Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. But, like, cri- like, critical and commercial success, I'm not, I'm not sold I wouldn't be surprised if people are like, um, the whole thing is that it's supposed to be people with masks, and they don't have masks, and 
yeah, just like that. So, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wager on the side of positivity, and I'm gonna say it was a commercial success. And I will say no, there is no joy in the world. Not when you're in it. Yeah, yeah. The film was a commercial success. Yay! Oh, yay! It spawned several more direct-to-video Scooby-Doo films, including a direct sequel, Scooby-Doo: Return to Zombie Island, in 2019. That movie is not that bad. I have seen it. The movie. I didn't was... want it because nobody wants like sequels to like great like, things. Right, but but it was really it was really great. I have I not seen it. it. I thought it was very funny. Anyway, David, go ahead. The movie was enjoyed by critics as well. It holds an 88% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, with many praising its treatment of the familiar characters with modern updates and new horror twists. Yay! Yay! Yeah, everybody liked it. As they should. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in case it's been a while since you've seen it, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island follows Mystery Inc., recently reformed to help Daphne, now a famous television reporter, find a truly haunted house somewhere in America. They head to Louisiana, hoping to find some bayou ghosties, but sadly all the creatures they encounter are the same old, same old, scheming folks in monster suits with projectors and fog machines. Lamenting their poor luck, the gang is overheard by Lena, who works at a chili pepper plantation that she swears is haunted by a real ghost. As this is their best lead yet, Shaggy, Scooby, Fred, Velma, and Daphne follow Lena to the house, which does in fact appear to be haunted by the ghost of pirate Morgan Moonscar. Will the crew uncover the secret of the island? Or is this finally the time Mr. Inc. finds a case they can't crack? Some voodoo dolls, an illegal Gorgonzola stash, and a whole bunch <laughs> of angry cats. It's Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Woo! You're a couple of Gorgonzolas. Yeah. Yeah. Got him. Got him. Got him. Sick burn. Um, let's talk about the personality quiz really quick, because Woo! it will take probably 30 seconds. There isn't... <laughs> <laughs> it was... The quiz was kind of all over the place. And it was very difficult to tell which answer was going to correspond with which person. But also, there aren't any descriptions of the characters. There's None. just a picture and a name. So, Hallie, who did you get? I got Shaggy. Shaggy! Which is great, because he's my favorite. I love Shaggy. I didn't know that Shaggy was your favorite. Yeah, Shaggy's my favorite. When I was younger... This is surprising. Uh, it is? Yeah. Hmm. Why? I don't know. It just is. Alright, fair enough. When I was younger, um, everybody had like a little crush on Fred, and I had a crush on Shaggy. And you're I, like, I'm not like other girls. I'm not like other <laughs> girls. Shaggy. Those bell bottoms. Better. I just, I just, I just like him. I don't know. I'm like the Marge Simpson meme. I just think he's neat. I just think he's neat. Yeah. Who did you get, Kristen? I got Scooby. Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the worst possible outcome. <laughs> I want to vomit. <laughs> I'm happy I got Scooby because I love him. Scoobert yeah, because Scooby's a champ. He's too good for you. Um, no, we are perfectly matched. Neither one of us is too good for the other, me and Scooby. 
I don't like that you got Scooby. Yeah. And pretty upsetting. Shaggy. This is this is upsetting. David, who did you get? Do you want to take a guess? Velma. Ah, oh, I was gonna say Velma. <laughs> am, am I did I just give off Velma vibes? Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you do. Did you get Velma? Yeah, I got Velma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know. <laughs> so does BuzzFeed. So does everybody. I'm so happy. Everybody listening to this was like, oh, I bet David got Velma. I bet everybody was going to guess that David got Velma. And everybody was going to be right. Yeah, they were right. Everybody, everybody knows. Congrats, everybody. You were right. Congrats. Um, David, is Velma your favorite? I like Velma. I'm trying to think. I haven't really ranked the Scooby-Doo gang in a while, but I think Velma is is probably the top. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. She's got a Fair. she's got a yeah. whole book she's got a whole bookstore. She's got a whole bookstore. Whole bookstore. Not a mysteries. Just a whole a whole little bookstore. Yeah. I was about to say that like she's easily the only successful one but actually daphne had a pretty good show that was run entirely by fred so like they're also very it's really just shaggy and scooby who haven't who haven't really gone up um they got a bunch of free food at their jobs i mean yeah no that's a great point do you know how much gorgonzola costs these days i don't know how much does gorgonzola cost not a clue but they got it for free ten dollars Ten dollars? Go see a Star War. Well, <laughs> three and a half pounds, a whole piece of Gorgonzola, appears to be sixty-seven seventy-two. See, that's a lot. expensive. That's a, lot. Quarter, that's a quarter wheel. So a whole wheel, of which they ate several, is in the two hundred and forty, two hundred and fifty dollar range. Damn, you know yeah. what? I take it back. They were doing the yeah. best. Yeah. yeah, good for them. I've, I underestimated Shaggy. I made the fatal mistake that most Scooby-Doo villains make, which is underestimating um, Shaggy and, and Scooby. And listeners, I know that if it's $70 for a quarter, it would be $280. i am looking at the internet. You can get them. <laughs> <laughs> you can get the whole wheel for somewhat cheaper than the individual pieces. I can do math. <laughs> Actually, you can't. The thing is, you said 220 and I was just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Anyways. Didn't even didn't even think of it. Gorgonzola. Expensive. Also, oftentimes, not vegetarian. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that's true. It's you a gotta, hard it's not really, life. It's really me. hit or miss with cheeses. It is. <laughs> you wouldn't think no so. Cheeses for us Mises. But anyways, seeing it for the first time. I liked it. <laughs> Yay! I asked David right after, we watched it together, and I asked him right after, so was that a 10 or an 11? And he didn't respond. He said, it sure is a number. He meant 12. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, it's charming to see the familiar old gang deal with real monsters for the first time in their lives. And like, I don't know, I did think it was really funny that Third Eye Blind did the theme song for it, and (laughs) that... Mark Hamill seemingly stopped by the studio and was like, yeah, I'll do Catfish Captain Ahab. Yeah, I'll record for 30 <laughs> minutes and then call it a day. Yeah. 
Um, That's what I would do if I was, like, a big name in Hollywood. I would just wander around sets and be like, where do you need me? And they'd Constantly. be like, we, we did not ask you to be here. And I'll be like, yeah, but I'm here. So, like, And it would be rude what to turn you away because you are a put, famed personage. Put, put me in, coach. And they would. Put me they in, They would coach. just be like, yeah. Kristen, you're, you're a famous movie star. We'll definitely put you in our movie. I'd be like, I want to be the catfish. <laughs> yeah. And they'd, they'd be like, the all right. They'd, they'd put you in a, a recording booth and you'd make some catfish noises. And that that's and how your afternoon would off. go. Yeah. Mark yeah. Hamill is also just a phenomenal voice actor, though, like in his own right. He's great. He's oh, for just sure. so good. For sure. Did you um, guys know he's in Star Wars? <gasps> what? Yeah, I've never he's not heard just of known that. for voice acting. I've met, yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow, learn something new every day. Wow, Mark Hamill's in Star Wars. He plays Yoda. Oh, okay. I would have pegged him as like, like a uh, what's his face, the Mandalorian guy in the armor. No, uh, Boba Fett. Ah, yes. Yeah, that guy he gives off those vibes. Yeah. Yeah. But no, he plays Yoda. He just kneels. Wow. God, that man has such a range of talents. Such yeah. a range. Anyway. <laughs> Continuing on. <laughs> Discussing the film. So, I, I will note that the movie only has four jokes. And those jokes are... Shaggy and Scooby are hungry. Peppers are hot. Dogs chase cats. And Scooby doesn't know he's a dog. Those are it. Yeah. Honorable mention joke. Fred and Daphne are jealous. <laughs> which is not really a joke because their relationship seems kind of unhealthy. <laughs> okay. But, like, so, yes. they should just kiss already or something. Yeah, they... It's called a slow burn, David. Like a really slow burn. But, you know, they, sh- I, they should just... He's he's her... I mean, he's her only employee. It's It's kind of a difficult situation at the moment yeah haven't you heard of power dynamics god um yeah anyways there's also a lot to talk about in this movie including many things that the creators of it probably wish that we wouldn't like the legacy of the civil war but... <laughs> <laughs> that does get a little bit worse with time doesn't it i didn't think anything of it when i was young it was just like oh louisiana's cool this is a cool setting for like a spooky scary mystery with Listen real monsters. And then I was like, oh man, maybe. Oh man. Maybe don't mention Just a lot of O-mans. A lot, of, a lot of O-mans as I got older. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, lots of, lots of uh, questionable Louisiana accents uh, as well. Yeah. yeah. I can't uh, confirm or deny. I've never, I've never been to Louisiana, so... They could be authentic. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Everybody's really, like, turning it up. Miss Lemoire. Yeah. They do really focus on the R's. Uh, everything's really, really breathy. Yeah. Or at least Lena but, is. I don't know. It all adds to the charm. Some choices perhaps should not have been made. But it's such a, it's, it's just such an iconic film. I can't go back to a time when it wasn't an iconic movie. It's yeah. always been a part of my childhood. Yeah. Always. What year did this come out? 1998. Yeah. And this started the wave of, like, the direct-to-DVD 
did the direct-to-video Scooby Scoobies? It did. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because based like, on the popularity of this one, which yeah, apparently also they good. they even like the they put in like fifty million dollars as a promotional campaign for it as well, and like teamed up. There's something on the Wikipedia of all the different companies that they teamed up with to uh, let me let me check real quick. Okay. Yeah. So there were tie-ins with Campbell Soup, SpaghettiOs, One Eight Hundred Collect. Wendy's, Lego, and the Cartoon Network, which debuted the film on Halloween, actually. Nice! So okay, good for them. Good for their marketing team. I'm happy for them. Yeah. That's how you market a movie, Disney. Yeah. Berries all there. Uh, there was, like, a big NASCAR tie-in as well. and like NASCAR? I think there was, like, a, there was, like, a car painted with Scooby-Doo... Like Stuff. the mystery machine? Like, why don't they just race the mystery machine? That feels like a... Yeah, that would that would have been a yeah, pretty good one. Yeah, lost opportunity there. Yeah. I was really excited when I checked this out from the library because I specifically put the version on hold that also comes with Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invasion. Another classic straight-to-video. Yeah, I was going to say, because they're all so good. They're like, all so good. The thing is, I I saw Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island fairly recently, because, like, I don't know, a year ago, maybe, it was on TV, and I was like, oh my god, no way. Except it said it was, like, a half hour long. And I was like, oh, well, you know, sometimes movies are shorter in actuality than when you remember them from childhood. But no, it it's not a half an hour. They just didn't fill the whole time slot and I didn't record the thing after it because I I didn't think to and so I got halfway through it and then the recording ended I'm like well this sucks so I had to put it on hold from the library so I watched that fairly recently but Alien Invasion I don't think I've seen since I was probably like seven I was telling David about the Alien Invasion that's my first time I've ever seen a jackalope. Oh, is it Alien Invaders? I think it's Alien Invaders. It's Alien Invaders. I'm misspeaking. It's just the two of them. Which I was telling David about, because uh, listeners, if you haven't seen Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders and you don't want to know about a plot twist, Cover your ears. listening. But I was telling David (laughs) about how... They fall in love with the hippie girl and her golden retriever, and it's really sad because actually they're aliens and they can't be together because they have no. to leave. And they have that cute song, and I like the song like a whole bunch. I don't remember the song. Just us two, it's groovy. Don't forget Scooby Doo. That's all I remember, but it's a good song. <laughs> yeah. Yay! That's a that's a banger. It's a banger, David. It's a banger. I'm not doing it justice. I told David I was going to show him that and also Cyber Chase and also Witch's Ghost. I have never seen Cyber Chase and I don't know if I've seen Witch's Ghost. Is that the one with the Hex Sisters? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever actually seen it. Okay, well, we're going to have to have a Scooby-Doo night. Scooby-Doo Marathon! Yeah! Yeah. All right, well, I... Normally, when we talk about movies, we just kind of go through the characters and be like, how did you feel about this character? But these are all, like, pretty classic characters, aren't they? Yeah, they are. We've already established everybody's favorite characters, who are who we got in the quiz. (laughs) I didn't say Scooby was my favorite. I said I liked him. 
Well, who's your favorite, Kristen? I don't know. Rank them right now. I Do can't. It. It's hard. They're so hard to rank. They, they. I mean, they really are. I don't want to defend Kristen. I want her to suffer and and be everyone brings pressure, something but, like, different to the table. Right. It's such a. It's such a class. Like, like, like the whole, the whole gang. They work perfectly together. And, like, the the split-offs where they had, like, just Shaggy and Scooby solving mysteries, where they sometimes had just Shaggy and Scooby and Velma, and sometimes just Shaggy and Scooby and Daphne, who are the three least likely to solve a mystery. So I, I, it's funny when they're paired together. Um, but those ones where they, have the, where they have the spin-offs and it's just part of the gang, they aren't the same. They aren't as good. No. You need the whole gang. You need you gotta have the everybody. whole gang. Yeah. Yeah. Can't say gang's all here if the gang isn't all there. You sure can't. It's true. I was I was surprised actually when it started and they're like, "Yep, the mystery mystery ink broke up. We all went our separate ways." I was like, "Because the monsters weren't real." That is like I refuse to believe. I mean, the movie's perfect in every way except for all the Confederate stuff we talked about. But like, it does make me sad that they just stop doing things because the mysteries dried up or because they weren't real or whatever. Yeah. But like, but like their friendship is still very much intact and real in the movie. So it's fine. It's true. And I, I had mentioned this to Hallie after we watched it, but it was really funny thinking of Scooby-Doo and especially Daphne as a television personality with the current trend of true crime podcasts. Like Daphne is so disappointed at the beginning of their Louisiana trip that they keep finding more criminals in masks. But if somebody <laughs> went around terrorizing a community while dressed up as a giant crawfish, the podcast about those sick. crimes would get a billion downloads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a billion. It's like, like and this is gold, Daphne. Sort of keep filming. lifetime movie. Yeah. <laughs> total, total utter gold. People were Okay, well, it's not up. her fault that this came out 20 years too early. If only the Scooby gang had capitalized on the true crime trend. I had just really gotten in when that became a thing. Yeah. Did podcasts even exist in the 90s? Like, if someone said the word podcast to them, would they even know what that is? I don't think so. I'm going to Google. When was the first podcast? Do it. Uh, the term was coined in February 2004. Oh, my Whoa. goodness. Yeah. Coined by so, who? Coined by... The Guardian columnist and BBC journalist Ben Hammersley. Hmm. What a name. Ben Hammersley. That's the podcast guy. So anyways, do um do either of you get into the true crime podcasting stuff? Uh I I dabble. I think some things are fun. I kind of feel bad sometimes that I think that they're fun because I know that it's like a tragedy um but there's there's a morbid curiosity there and some of them i mostly and again it's still very tragic i tend to be most interested in the ones that are like just absolute cold cases where you know it's like oh this person was at home and their kid left at like 7 30 and then their coworker came to pick them up at 7.40 and no one was there. Like, what happened in these 10 minutes? Like, their keys are still there. Their purse is still there. There's, like, a food in the microwave. There was some story I heard that was similar to this. And, like, things like that. The just complete, like, what happened. I think 
those are interesting. I do enjoy the true crime, especially when there's like, it sounds silly to say, but like potential for there to be supernatural things. Yeah. Like one of my favorite things is the Flannan Isles lighthouse story. And like, yeah, it probably is just like a bad storm washed these poor men away. But what if there was a monster on the island? Hmm? The Diablo hmm. Pass was cooler before the avalanche was. Yeah, confirmed. it was way cooler when it was like possibly a Yeti? Hmm? Yeah. So that's. Those, those are my vibes. And love a good, like, thriller book. Flow, or I fly through them. They're fantastic. I think, yeah, that's like a subcategory of true crime, but somehow it feels different when it's in a novel versus like a podcast. Someone, a podcast that my sister listens to, they, what's it called? I don't know. But for April Fool's Day, they once did an episode that was based off of a Taylor Swift song called I, uh, No Body, No Crime. So they're like, Doing a whole little story based off of the story in the song. And I thought that was very fun. Because we love a good bit of murder sometimes. Earl had to die. Goodbye, Earl. Incredible. That's not true crime. It could be if it was a podcast. That's, that's false I've crime. been talking too long. <laughs> How do you guys feel about true crime? I like the really old cold cases. I try not to like, I don't listen to any like contemporary true crime stuff, but I do like BuzzFeed Unsolved, like. Oh, love BuzzFeed Unsolved. It's it's great. And I think the most recent they have... I mean, they've done some recent cases that were in the last, like, decade or so. They did the Watcher case. Yeah. Was that 2011? Ooh. 2014? It's it's fairly recent. But they did, like, the Istal Woman, which is, what, like, the 70s or something? Yeah. And they did a couple from, like, the 40s and stuff. So, like, those those I feel, like, less bad about engaging in but uh i mean i like mysteries like a whole lot and sometimes i just want to feel spooked and those will occasionally do a better job than like a straight up ghost story so i like a good uh a good buzzfeed unsolved episode or a good like documentary about an older unsolved case or one that was solved but was like a huge uh like it it's it took a lot of years or something like that. There was a whole process. I like those kind of documentaries. I had another thing to say. What? Oh, Only Murders in the Building is a very good show, and people should watch it. I will. I haven't gotten to it yet. I know. David, do you know what Only Murders in the Building is? No. Okay. Uh, Steve it's Martin a show. And Martin Short and Selena Gomez are the main characters. And they start a true crime podcast after someone in their building is murdered. And the podcast is, you guessed it, only murders in the building because they only cover murders in the building. But it's very funny. And and it it's very funny. I somehow had no clue that a podcast was involved in the show. No? No. No. Oh, yeah. No, they, they start a like, podcast. I thought they were just like people hanging out in the building and they were going to come up with some reason why young Selena Gomez was hanging out with older uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short. I did not expect podcast. I should podcast have podcast. is the reason. Yeah. They have their own true crime podcast. Good for them. Right? I like that show a lot. Guys, we should start a podcast. 
What a good idea. What, I know. What should we call it? Um, only podcast in the building. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Brilliant. Really good suggestion. Yeah. Or maybe like, Mark Hamill, please join us. And then every episode is just, did Mark Hamill join us this time? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Mark, if you're listening, you are free to join us at any time. Um, We will change our podcast name if needed. We we will do that, and we'll talk about all of your voice acting gigs, and then maybe you can talk about Star Wars if you want to, because you're apparently in that. Yeah. I can't imagine that you would want to, though. Like... (laughs) I mean, it's such a small blip. He probably doesn't care. Yeah. It was so long ago, too. So when he was Yoda. Ago. Yeah. Yoda's dead. <laughs> no, like... It's baby Yoda now. Yeah. It's baby Yoda. Who's freaking yeah. adorable. Uh, that one's really not is. Mark Hamill. It's Mark no, Hamill's different... grandson. Yeah. That's a different... That's baby Hamill. Yeah. Yeah. Nepotism. Am I right? Sorry, Mark. Didn't mean to offend. We forgive you. Please still come on the show. Please still come on the show. Yeah. We'll, uh, David, we'll all watch a movie that... We'll all watch a movie that Mark Hamill hasn't seen. Yeah. We can watch Gravity Falls. He does a voice in an episode of He that. does do a voice in Gravity Falls. We can watch that one. David, you haven't seen Gravity Falls. I I sure haven't. God, you would like it. What if we showed him Holy Motors? No. <laughs> like if that was what we did with our one opportunity to hang out with Mark Hamill. We want Mark Hamill to like us, David. That's true. <laughs> we really do. This is not the way to his heart. All right. Well, we'll put a pin in it. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know much about true crime stuff. Only the things that I've read a little bit about, and most of the things I've read a little bit about, they don't sound great to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it'll... it'll I've read an article or two about somebody that like had their partner murdered and then people kept contacting them because they were fans of a yeah. podcast that was right. made about like that's... And like that that sounds bad. Yeah. Let's like not that's... let's not do that as a society. Let's... No. And I'm sure that I... yeah, I'm sure that there's the more to true crime than that. And mm-hmm. that there are podcasts that are not unsavory in that way, but it's not something I have dove much into dive dove in i have not I say, explored i, I have not dived? explored the uh i think it's crime. dive i've not ex- i've not done much of that i don't really watch listen to too many podcasts anymore i used to be pretty into a couple of them my problem is but... that i don't have a podcast that's a lie there's one podcast but aside from that one podcast, I don't really have one where, like, I want to listen to every episode because the ones that I like the most tend to be things that cover, like, a broad range. And each episode is on, like, a subset in that category, which probably describes, like, a billion different podcasts. But that said, you know, if they have one about, like, a book that I've never heard of that doesn't sound good to me, I'm not going to listen to the episode because I'm like, I don't know what this is, and I don't care. Um, but if they have an episode on, like, a movie that I enjoy, obviously I'm going to... Li- like, you, do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to jump around with podcasts. Aside from 
Articles of Interest, which is not about true crime, but is about clothing. And it's fascinating because you get to, like, she has episodes on the history of pockets and Hawaiian shirts, which are actually called aloha shirts. And the clueless closet and why it can't exist today and people have tried. That was a really good good episode. Um, So I highly recommend that one. Of course, our own podcast. Obviously. But no, I'm not, I'm not a good podcast person. I jump around. You didn't ask me this. I'm just yes. telling you. <laughs> what, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember. There, there are two podcasts that I used to be into, and one of them was called The Dollop, which is mm-hmm. a comedy history podcast. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it's, it's two comedians, and one of them is also kind of a big history nerd, so he'll go and dive into some obscure, usually obscure person and or event in history. And the other guy is very, very funny and a really good um, improv guy, but also knows nothing about anything. <laughs> and so he he gets told the story about whatever this thing was, and it is very funny and very good. It's called The Dollop. The Dollopper? Um, thought of the then, format of like one person knows information and tells other clueless person about it right like that's like that's incredible such a yeah. such a staple of a format buzzfeed unsolved ryan yep. ryan's always telling shane things and he just has his commentary and it's fantastic yeah who would make a podcast like that where one person doesn't know a single thing and other people <laughs> tell them about them and or berate them for their opinions David, how many Scooby-Doo things had you seen before this? Well, (laughs) I have watched some of the original show. Okay. And I've seen some of one of the shows that had Scrappy, but I didn't care much for Scrappy. Nobody cares much for Scrappy. I didn't see too many of of those episodes. But yeah, I mostly as a kid, like watching stuff on Cartoon Network or whatever. But I, I like I haven't seen any of the the movies or the live action movie or, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen enough to know who they are. A lot of the episodes I've seen were like weirder later seasons where they had guest stars like the Harlem Globetrotters and things yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, seen seen a few of those. But yeah, that's that's basically my Scooby-Doo knowledge. OK, OK, I know I've. Okay, so this answers my question then. I was going to say, I know I asked this last time, but I couldn't remember the answer. You have not seen the live-action Scooby-Doo then? I have not. That's on our list. You gotta watch that soon. That's on our list. And Scooby-Doo 2. Scooby-Doo 2? Yeah. Okay. We don't have to watch that one, but I do like it, and I think it's underappreciated. But first, we'll watch the live-action Scooby-Doo. Movie. Was that yeah. your Popeye voice? Uh, no, I just like lapsed into it. <laughs> that Not was a different voice. We don't but, know who. But, Mark Hamill? <laughs> Mark Hamill? <laughs> was that you? What do you think of my Popeye voice, Mark Hamill? And no, this I other would, mystery I, voice. No, that was like Mark Hamill like doing a seance and like speaking through you, but in a voice that isn't his regular voice. Mark Hamill's not dead. <laughs> Um, I'm not dead that I know of. Um, you know who I don't is know, dead? Sometimes a seance can just be 
to living people. <laughs> Sometimes a seance is to alive people. Yeah. Uh, you know who's dead though? Morgan Moonscar. He's dead. He's and all those dead. other people. Well, that, actually, ladies. he's undead. Hey. <laughs> what a twist, right, David? The zombies a... were the good guys. They were they helping were. them avoid they the same fate they did. At the <laughs> the evil cat people. I I was really into the character design of Lena and Simone when they were half person, half cat. Like they just looked kind of mean, plus ears. <laughs> They look yeah. like um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer vampires. Ha! I... With cat ears. Okay. No, look, David, David, go look up Buffy vampires. Buffy vampires. Yeah, go do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. I can see yeah. that. That plus but, cat ears. But plus cat ears, yeah. All right. That makes sense to me. So sometimes I think of this as like a vampire movie instead. I know it's not, but a no. little bit. Yeah, not not a vampire movie at all, actually. No. There's but not how did you a feel... single vampire to be found. How did you feel, David, about the zombies being like real? Did you expect the yeah. zombies to be yeah. you know, just people in masks? Well, as part of my introduction to the movie last week, I did call that the monsters were real this time. You did. You did. You did do that. But it was kind of, it was kind of a, a nice twist. Yeah. That, you know, Fred goes to pull off the mask and, like, yanks the head off. Yeah. And then the best song ever written plays. One of the songs ever written. It's Terror Song. It's Terror Time. I can't believe yeah. you don't think Terror Time is one of the best songs ever written. I adore that song. By by Sky Cycle. Yeah, by Sky Cycle. I don't know what else they did, but like they but like they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for that one. Led by for a former MTV VJ. Yeah. MTV VJ. The band is perhaps best known for their contributions to Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. <laughs> <laughs> like like they made this gem of a song and then just disappeared. Good they're heroes. Okay, they have that one al album, and then the lead singer formed a supergroup, The Panic Channel, with people the from Jane's Panic Addiction. Panic Channel. Jane's Addiction? I've heard of them. Yeah, it was the, the guitarist, bassist, and drummer from Jane's Addiction. Plus, Whoa! Plus the guy from Sky Cycle. They released one album and then broke up. That happens. My band broke up after we released our first album, so I get it. What was your band called? Um, none of your business. <laughs> That's like not a bad band name. It's, it's not really the name, not. David. I'm trying to keep my personal life personal. I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. I forgot. That is the band name. I don't know I forgot or just I forgot? I don't know I forgot. Okay. Makes it really hard to tell people what the name <laughs> of your band is. It's all part of the joke. But um, it's not a joke that lands well. 
It's, it sounds like an early 2000s indie band. Like, clap your hands and say, yeah. Or yeah. say hi to <laughs> your mom. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Anyway. There are a lot of bands like that. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Tear Time Again is a masterpiece, and everybody who thinks otherwise is wrong. Unrelated to the movie, but it's funny because I'm, I'm at a spot by a window. And so I see blue skies and I check the weather and like, there's no more tornado watch anymore. It's fine. (laughs) Oh yeah. Listeners. Yeah. There was a, there was a tornado warning and apparently one touched down like 20 minutes from here. So we're, uh, we're doing this remotely today so we can all hide in our respective basements if things go south. Except now it's blue skies and there's no more tornado watch and everything is fine. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's okay. This is okay. the ideal outcome, but... Yeah, better safe been... than sorry, I suppose. But we could have all hung out tonight. Yeah. We could have. Well, next time, we just know to take the tornado less seriously. Next time. We have learned. That's how they get you, though. Not I really... Nope. I'm actually okay with not meeting up in person tonight, because I get super paranoid about tornadoes. <laughs> like, of... Of things that I am afraid of, tornadoes are very high up there. I did nothing not you can do. know that. There's nothing you can do about it. That's true. If there's a tornado and it just comes and is going to like blow your house down or whatever, it's not like yeah. you can prepare for that or do. No, you just you lose everything you own. I get that. I used to be very afraid of tornadoes. Um, I'm much better now. And usually, if I'm like at a place that has a basement. I'm pretty much fine, but yeah, I mean, not every even, place has a basement. Even going down to my basement, I don't know, the house would still be destroyed. That would be terrible. That'd be that like would be one terrible. of the worst things that ever happened to me. Uh, no, what's so stressful is that like you know we wrangle all the pets and cats. You just like scoop them up and bring them down. And it's fine, but my dog does not want to come down. I think the first time we ever had. A tornado warning with him we were able to get him downstairs and we haven't been able to since so every time the sirens go off we're like please come downstairs and he just refuses he won't even go down the hallway that has the door so we just have to be like okay i hope if something bad happens you are able to find shelter but the thing is that he seeks higher ground instead <laughs> of lower ground so he goes goes up to the top floor i have tried to like gradually train him to find to comfort in the main floor bathroom, um, it doesn't always work. So that's what's stressful now about tornadoes, is that I'm like, we're all accounted for, except one of us is upstairs! Anytime I think of tornadoes, I think of Nancy Drew, Trail of the Twister, a PC computer game, where you have to go to Mon Pa's general store to get supplies, and every single time you go, Nancy is like, wow, where's Ma? And Pa, the folksy Midwestern grandpa, is just like, oh, she's not here right now. And like every time you're like, oh, is Ma back? And he's like, mm, no. And it's like, Ma's dead, Nancy. <laughs> like there's like this. He's, he's so like, tornadoes will take everything in their path. <laughs> And Nancy's just like, okay, I'll meet Ma later. It's like, no. Nancy, no. the tornado took the one thing he loved. You're being so nosy and rude. For God's sake, you're a detective. 
<laughs> I remember. Okay, but nosy and rude is like kind of the mo of a detective. I mean, yeah, but like this is just an old. But she guy should also be picking general. up on the verbal clues. Right. She's like she's she's there to buy like tornado emergency supplies so that she can make a kit for the for the twister team that she's working with. Like that's you don't. It's, I, it upsets me a lot, but it's a meme within the Nancy Drew community. And now that I know David's afraid of tornadoes, I'm going to make him play that game with me someday. I remember being in like fourth grade and we had to read a book called The Night of the Twisters. And it's like just constant tornadoes happening <laughs> just, in one just night. Over and, and like over. These kids go into the basement and they hear like a chair scraping. And one of them's like, oh, I think your mom's home. And the other one's like, I don't think it's her. And it's not. It's a tornado. And <laughs> this was not fun to read at nine years old when I was very afraid of tornadoes. It's the tornado sneaking yeah. through the house, <laughs> moving yeah. chairs. I thought yeah. for a second you were going to say, I don't have a mom. <laughs> I don't have a mom. <laughs> Ma's gone. <laughs> but, uh, gone. Yeah, so readers, that's why you're getting a special Discord readers. Listeners, that's why you're getting about- a special Discord episode. Because Mother Nature decided to... Cause a little chaos today. It's not zombies. If it was zombies would be fine with that. We could not just zombies. no zombies are fine. Past. The cat I'm gods prepared. might give us some trouble, but we could do it. We could we could fight them off. It'd be fine. Okay, but the light did just get like yellow. Like literally, I saw <gasps> it change. That's like crazy. their eyes. Oh my god, they're here. They're here. <laughs> they're here. Wait, hold on. What? Speaking of Night of the Twisters, Hallie, was there a? book in your childhood that messed you up for forever there was one in mine it was not night of the twisters but what i'm just it? curious David, um, what was yours the velveteen rabbit oh i've <laughs> never read that. that i know people is, talk about it but yeah it's like somebody some kid has this stuffed animal that he really loves like i had a stuffed animals that i really loved and then he gets sick with some sort of plague of some sort i don't remember but they have to go and like burn all of his things including oh, his no including i didn't his... know that was what the velveteen rabbit was about oh, yeah because God. he could have infected all of his stuff so to make sure that nobody else gets sick they have to go yeah. and burn his rabbit wow that which sucks. then like yeah it suck. then like through some sort of magical something or whatever turns into a real rabbit and then, like, runs off or whatever. But okay. no, it, it, I hate that book. I hate it. Well, it sounds like you have good reason to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, is there a book, Hallie, that traumatized you as a child? Um, there's not a book, but I was deathly afraid of E.T. because of the scene where they have to do the chargey things on him. I don't, I don't oh, like the, the... chargey things. The, the heart, start, like, the heart, the heart starter things. Yeah, you don't, you know what I'm talking about. The, the clear, fibrillator. Yeah, there it is, the fibrillator. I don't like it, and I don't. I didn't like his screams, and I didn't like the way his body moved, and it, it fucked me up. Uh, I also didn't like the beginning when he's running through the woods and screaming. E.T. screams are scary, and E.T. is also scary. I understand he is a nice, friendly little alien. And I do not begrudge the children who helped him. He frightens me, and I don't like him. I've never seen E.T. Don't like E.T. 
I th- he just, I feel bad saying it, but he he looks kind of gross. I just, I just, I just was, which I saw does not tweet. mean he is undeserving of love. No, but but I saw it. That like as as a child, people would be like, "Ooh, do you want to watch ET?" And I would look at him and be like, "No." <laughs> I saw a tweet once that was like, "My friends and I would have killed that thing with a hammer." <laughs> <laughs> And I felt really bad about it, but also he's just so scary. Um, I was an, very afraid of him. Another book that messed me up was one we read in third grade about this person who's like, they have their dog, who's just like a regular dog, not like a sled dog, but they have their regular dog compete in this like sled dog tournament thing. And the dog dies and it's so sad, but I think what's worse is that the teacher had been like, okay, everyone read this chapter. And I somehow did not notice that I finished a chapter and started a new one. Or maybe I was just into it. I don't know. And so one, I was like, wow, this chapter is going on forever. Like, when's it going to end? I'm usually a fast reader. What's up with this? And then the dog dies. And <laughs> I just started like sobbing and everyone was like, what what is wrong and I'm like the dog died and they were like no it didn't and I had read a chapter ahead so oops I spoiled it yeah. yeah do you remember was the dog's name searchlight um I don't remember but that okay. also isn't ringing any bells okay it, I, I the cover I think made it look like it was a black dog searchlight but it was like so close Fuck. to the finish line too, and they were trying to win, so they were like, "Go, dog, go!" And the dog gave it its his all or her all, and then the little heart gave out. Yeah, and, that like, searchlight. That searchlight. That's the same book that I read. Yeah, terrible, it's, traumatizing. Uh, inspired by a Rocky Mountain legend that the author heard when he visited Idaho, Stone Fox by John Reynolds Gardner. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't even win, huh? No. Uh. God. No, he carries the dog across the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> Having learned the possibility of peaceful coexistence between a Native American and a white man, I didn't read anything leading up to that, so I do not know the racial undertones of this, of this book. I you was eight and read. probably also don't know the racial undertones of this book. <laughs> like... I'm sure we, I'm sure it's important, but yeah, not good. Yeah. Not yeah. good. Man, there were a lot of books, a lot, a lot of children's entertainment in general, where the main, <laughs> the main climax is some dog dies, where That's the red fern grows. I love the <laughs> website. Old Yeller. Does the dog die dot com. And you look up to see whether or not the dog dies. And it's great because they also have a bunch of other animal things. So they have like dog, cat, and horse, which seem to be like the primary animals. But even beyond that, they have like, does an animal get injured? Does an animal die? And then uh, people can provide just like a basic yes or no, but then people can also have their comments on it. And it's very helpful because there was a book that I wanted to read by an author I really like. And it's like a horror book. And the opening thing mentioned a dog, and I was like, oh, this doesn't bode well. And then a couple 
pages later, someone else mentioned a dog, and they were talking about the past, like, oh, this dog was so good, and I was like, Jesus Christ, something happens to this dog, doesn't it? So I go to doesthedogdie.com, and so many comments were like, not only does the dog die, but it's terrible what happens, and like even knowing it's coming does not make it any more manageable. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not reading this book. So I put it back. So thank you, doesthedogdie.com, for preventing me from being traumatized a billion different times. Hashtag not sponsored. But <laughs> if, uh, but we could be. We could be. Just yeah. in case you want to fight Mark Hamill for <laughs> sponsorship of our podcast. Yeah, I'm sure he would team up with doesthedogdie.com. Oh, yeah, he probably would. Actually, maybe it wouldn't even be a fight. You know, do you want to meet Mark Hamill? Get in touch with us. Doesthedogdie.com. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make that happen somehow. Uh-huh. We can do it. We'll find a way. I can mm-hmm. be very persuasive in emails. Not really, but I can be <laughs> annoying and send a bunch of them. <laughs> That's true. It's about the same thing. Yeah. Scooby-Doo! Yeah. Scooby-Doo, we haven't talked about this about no, the movie be like, at all. Here's other stuff. <laughs> and um, been... So, David, you said it was, like, good, and you liked it. But, like, scale of 1 to 10, what number are you giving it? You implied that it was a 12, but I need you to, like, verbally confirm it. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard watching movies that are really important to other people's childhoods, like, when you're an adult. And don't have those memories of it. Like I could, I could imagine really being into this if I had watched it when I was like nine or ten. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to uh, tap into that part of myself. Um, it's probably like it's it's somewhere in the sevens, I'd think. Okay. Okay. Like. All right. Yeah, it's it's uh... it's pretty. That's it's not pretty good. High enough, but it is it higher than higher, you gave Titanic. Like, it's okay. So Well, like Hallie and I have been talking fine. about the Ninja Turtles movies, which Yeah. I I feel like the same thing would happen once you to eventually watch the original Ninja Turtle movie, which holds a very important place in my childhood. I can't imagine that <laughs> I can't imagine that it holds up as well as I thought it would forever when I was eight, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm gonna watch it and give it a seven. Yeah, we'll see. Automatically. I am excited to watch that one. No, but zombie I don't know, Zombie Island is just like you said there were only four jokes, and listen, you're correct. There are a lot of like modern Scooby Doo's that are way funnier than that movie um be cool scooby-doo which doesn't look like a good show is actually an extremely good show so if you're into scooby-doo listeners go check out be cool scooby-doo it's extremely funny um but while there are only those gags they're so quintessentially scooby-doo like you cannot have scooby-doo without shaggy and scooby not being hungry without them being hungry unless them not being hungry is a punchline because you are breaking the mold. But like, I don't know, you can just tell it was made with love from people who had been working on Scooby-Doo and who enjoyed working on this film. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just great. 
So, so what's the deal with Fred and Daphne? Uh, the deal with Fred and Daphne is that most Scooby-Doo writers don't want to be the ones to say that they're in a relationship. Because Scooby-Doo spans so many years and canons without changing ages in the way of cartoons. Ash Ketchum's been 10 for 20 years. The Simpsons continue, like, continue to be the same age, but all their jokes are now about the 2020s. Like, you can't do that with Scooby-Doo. And Scooby-Doo's curse is that, sh- is that Daphne and Fred are always, always in that zone of will they, won't they. And, like, I feel like there's a big risk with being the Scooby-Doo to definitively be, like, Daphne and Fred are dating. Which is wild to me, because, like, as a youth, I thought they were dating. So then any, any iteration that, like, doesn't outright say it, I'm like, why are they so unwilling to label their relationship? We all know that's what's happening. Here, it does it, it definitely seems like that's not what's happening, but they both clearly want to date the other, which is funny. And there's but literally nothing stopping them. Nothing stopping literally them. Literally no nothing. No one at all is being like, um, you two can't be together because right. of X, Y, Z. And no like, one's, like, already dating someone, so they don't want to break up with someone for... No. Th- there's, there's, there's literally no... There's no reason. They see them flirting with other people, and both are like, um, what's your problem? <laughs> like, go on a date, you two. Just get together. <laughs> just, just come on. You have a lot of... You have a lot of frustration you need to let out. Uh, that's also part of why I like um, Be Cool Scooby-Doo, because there is actually, like, no... There's no romantic overtone for Daphne and Fred, which you'd think would be incorrect, but they're also just clearly best friends in that show. Fun. In that Daphne is extremely funny and does things explicitly to annoy Fred. Like, there's an episode where she wears a mustache the whole time and Fred notices... And it's about to ask, but he's like, no, don't, I can't, um, I can't, I can't engage with this. And Daphne's like, you will before long. And he spends the whole episode trying not to ask her why she keeps getting progressively more facial hair. And it's just, she does stuff like that all the time. We love and a it's weird great. B-plot. It's a great B-plot. I don't like their eyes. No, their eyes look- are bad. The animation is bad. The writing is very good. There's a whole episode where Fred, like, switches handling of a team. He handles these children who want to learn how to be detectives in a museum, and then somebody else takes the reins of managing Mystery Inc. And he's like, oh, you think you can manage Mystery Inc? Uh, Daphne, what are you interested in today? And she's like, I have a falcon. <laughs> and she just has a falcon on one of her falconer's gloves. And, da- and Fred's like, there, she has a falcon. Good luck. Have fun. Good for Daphne. Mm-hmm. She's so great in that show. And she's great in Zombie Island, too. She's just, like, the classic girl Daphne, which is fine. We don't put down women here because... No. Because we just don't do that. But she... I don't know what my point was, actually. It just completely left me. I don't know what it was. I like Daphne at all times, is what I'm saying. Yeah, Daphne's great. And successful in this one. She's, like the whole plot sort of revolves around her new and like important job. Yeah. She, her very important job. She's syndicated. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know it's important. Yeah. I just She's like the syndicated. way that the interviewer at the beginning says it. 
Yeah. She's like, syndicated going on its fifth season, I might add. I did think it was funny when she, like, emphasized the fact that it was syndicated because I was like, dude, I I was so young when this came out. Right? Syndicated like, is not a word in my vocabulary. It does not matter. You could have just said it was a successful show. I would have been like, yeah, good for Daphne. Yeah, no. Funny that they're like, syndicated. That means nothing. I... I I'm always like, listen, Velma, you can't just go into a person's house, take a spatula, and scrape their wall. But to me, it's always such a satisfying scene because I'm like, God, what I would give to just be able to scape something. Like when you to just take off, a spatula, like when and you scrape, it is so satisfying. Yeah, I you love get the scratch me, and you get like a quarter, and you like get it all off. That's just like yeah. this on a wall, so it's like a big version. Uh, like, God would love to do that. It's so pl- and, it, and it's such a clean. She manages such a clean scrape. She's Velma. Of course she does. She's Velma. I mean, she's, she's, she can do anything. <laughs> David, could you cleanly scrape uh, wallpaper off the wall to reveal the name of a ship? <laughs> um, no, I couldn't. I, I don't think I could. Like, we don't, no I'm, one will need it. I'm not, I'm not actual Velma. I'm just. You're not? Most similar what? in personality to. Are you sure? Yeah. No, I wish I were actual Velma. You could be. But... Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yeah, man. What are you doing? Yeah. I, I like that that was just, like, hanging out in their house, though. Hiding away. This big yeah, chunk of pirate ship. Yeah, they got to the house. They're quite old. To, you know, rebuild the house. Yeah. It's yeah. called sustainability, David. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that somebody was thinking about that. when. Before it was a buzzword. So how do we feel about Lena and Simone? Oh, they're great villains. They're wonderful. Yeah. Do also enjoy, you know, one of the villains who you think they're on your side. And they are not. Very much not. No. There was a big old, a big a old, big old switcheroo. switcheroo. I think the zombies that usually are out like to get Selma them. were like, yeah. I don't think so. She's like so nice and homely at the at the market. Like, oh, you can come to my house. My employer would welcome you. And then like Simone is mad about Scooby, but otherwise it's like, please call me Simone. And it's just I don't know. They're just like nice, and it's not like it comes out of nowhere that they're the bad guys. But it is funny that they've just been like living this peaceful, probably lesbian coexistence here in this house for millions of millions of years for a long time. Hundreds of years. I did think it was interesting, and I'd forgotten when I was rewatching that the the fairy man was also in on it. Yeah, like how because he wanted immortality, yeah. so they gave it to him. Like that just came up one day in conversation, and they were like, "Oh my god, we can do that." They're like, "Oh yeah, bro, we have you covered." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very funny that they are cat people from the cat worshiping pilgrims i guess like i wasn't quite yes the cat worshiping i wasn't quite sure where all that came from but i rolled with it it. i was like all right sure you've got the scene that's in yeah black and white where she puts the steaming bowl of porridge in the hands of the statue that porridge just looks really good it just animated food is always on another level oh yeah the peppers i want them oh so badly but yeah i want to take them straight from the jar yeah Yeah, absolutely. Just sob in the kitchen. Just a regular (laughs) Wednesday night for you. Just a regular Wednesday night. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did. I did get as with Fred and Daphne. I did get sort of like just kiss already vibes oh, yeah. with Lena and Simone. But they have like a healthier relationship because they never seem to fight unless it's a play fight. When Lena's like, I thought I would show them your house and Simone's like really Lena and it's like aha it's all part of the act because you want souls to steal you work really well together they have it yeah. down yeah they got it down relationship together goals. relationship goals okay I'm glad that you also got that vibe see I them. didn't <laughs> <laughs> I'll go down with that ship I just I just I'm, think oh dating. I support it and I can see it once it's pointed out to me. But, you know, she was, like, flirting with Fred. Which, again, after the fact, I'm like, oh, you know, she's just using body language to seduce the men. To get the souls. Which is fine, you know. We support that. We support that. But it did not occur to me at all that Lena and Simone could be, like, just a happily little married immortal couple <laughs> immortal couple oh to be married an immortal <laughs> sucking the souls of everybody <laughs> who comes by my plantation yeah. just a regular wednesday night just a regular wednesday night we all have different <laughs> wednesday nights yeah <laughs> but they're all regular <laughs> they're all regular <laughs> rest assured yeah i mean i hope i hope that they are together and not like Lena is just Simone's servant for forever. Forever, like that. Yeah. I don't know. I I prefer my version. I feel like to, they have to, to do your version because, or like I don't know. I feel like there just has to be some sort of reason. Simone doesn't look old by any means, but Simone and Lena don't look enough alike to pass as like, oh, this is my aunt, and I'm staying with her for the summer, and. <laughs> You know, maybe Louisiana in 1998 was not very friendly towards the LGBTQ community. So maybe they have to wasn't. come up with the backstory. So she's like, oh, I work there and also live there. They have to pretend. Yeah. No, I, I feel like my my headcanon is that was all a cover story. Absolutely. And as soon as they, as soon as they steal the souls and continue being immortal go cat back people, to Mackin. You know, yeah. go back to Mackin. Yeah, that's that's all they do. <laughs> just Mackin. Grow, growing just peppers, Mac. growing, growing <laughs> peppers and Mackin. That's <laughs> you know, like the the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The bottom ones just growing peppers and Mackin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's all part of the same, like yeah. the food pyramid. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> should, we, should we talk about something else? We haven't talked about Bo yet. The yeah. FBI detective who's did really you, good at his job. Did you ever suspect him, David, as being like the big bad? Oh, yeah. Of course I did. Of course you did. Yeah. I mean, I'm... When when the movie's like, this guy sure seems suspicious, I'll be like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll be suspicious of him. Why not? <laughs> I'm like, not... all right, you've convinced me. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty gullible. Like I I figured he probably wasn't. I didn't I didn't pick up on the fact that like oh I bet he's 
working with the feds or whatever. But you know, it it was it was obvious enough that the movie wanted me to think that he was the bad guy. That I'm like, he's probably not the bad guy, but like, yeah, whatever, he could be. Could be. We don't know. He, he's always he's always showing up right when the zombies are there or whatever. He sure is. So always digging holes, always grumbling. Why are you treating me like a suspect? Because you are. Um, not to change the subject yeah. again, but David, have you seen the movie Holes? No. Oh my god, oh, add it. Damn it. Oh, add it. Add it now. Is that the Louis Sacker book? Yes. Yes. Okay. I really like one of the definitive as we're talking about books of our childhood. Uh, Sideways Stories from Wayside School. Incredible that series. That was like the that was like it for me. That was like the definitive book of my childhood. Still, I love- sometimes when I'm going up and down stairs, I think of that book when they're like, everyone who's going up the stairs stay on the right, and everyone who's going down the stairs stay on the left. Bam! No more traffic jams. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> and, <laughs> that took me a second. Yeah. 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 I'm it's here so though. Good. I'm here now. It's so good. Yeah. No, that book is. If you. Listeners, if you haven't read Sideways Stories from Wayside School, I haven't since I was in like second or third grade probably, but it is a classic. It's just like there's there's so many stories in that book that are incredible and have stuck with me for like 30 years or whatever now, so... The kid who's, like, really bad at math, but he keeps getting the right answer. <laughs> They'll be like, two plus yes. two, write out your logic. And he'll be like, well, first French fries, and then, you know, Tuesday, <laughs> and so it's four. And they're like, yes, but how are you doing that? But You're not correct. <laughs> and he's like, but I am. Yeah. There's a, Sorry. There's a whole story about a kid that has, like, he gets, like, a potato tattoo or something. He yes. just, like really likes potatoes and everyone's like all right (laughs) they just kind of roll with it yeah yeah but you like that book and and that's it it's fine i thought you're gonna say and holes i thought that i've never i've never read holes i don't know anything about holes but this is this one this took a different turn (laughs) yeah no i i just i just know that he's written both of those things and oh okay that's the connection (laughs) yeah that's the connection is he wrote he wrote both of those those things. And I've heard that Holes is great, but... Um, I've heard yeah. that the movie is a good adaptation of the book. As much as, you know, movies can be, they obviously have to, like, cut out a lot of things. Um, but I never read the book, so I cannot speak to this. But the song they do for the movie is incredible. Is it by Third Eye Blind? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> it's not oh. Sky Cycle either. Well... I'm Nor is it slightly plan. less interested in the movie then. But holes. Yeah. Holes. Holes. That Add it to the list. list. Add it to the list. We'll put it on the list. Yeah. Uh where where did that come from, Kristen? Oh, because um she said that Bo, Bo was, was always digging holes. Digging holes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that the movie Holes is about digging holes? Yeah. I could probably believe well, that. Well first yeah. I was gonna start singing the song. And then I was like, wait, does David even know what that song is? The answer is no. I don't. I don't. We'll fix that. 
I, uh, yeah, I only listened to Third Eye Blind, so. Third Eye Blind has a lot of bangers, so that's fair. Yep. Yeah, that whole first album. I, I have... don't know which song, which album God of Wine is on, but God of Wine is such a good song. Yeah, I believe that is the first one. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Also, such a range. Like, when you look at, like, the top Third Eye Blind songs, you're like, wow. Diversity. You love to see it. I mean, they have God yeah. of Wine. They have Semi-Charm Kind of Life. Uh, Semi-Charm Life. They do Jumper, right? Jumper, yeah. Immediately yeah, then, after oh. Semi-Charmed Life on the album. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. And then, then there's one more, I swear, that I'm like, wow, that's also Third Eye Blind? Like, they, they have a range. They should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is a Third Eye Blind stan podcast. Third Eye Blind, if you're listening, <laughs> talk to us about collabs. Yeah. Mark, Third Eye Blind and DoesTheDogDie.com. <laughs> Get in touch. <laughs> yeah. We want to talk to you. To you. Well, have a lemonade stand. Anyway. Never let we you don't, go. We don't have to... That's What's the up? other one. What? Never let you go. Never that's let the you other go. Third Eye Bly song. Yeah, that's uh that's on their second album. Like that's it's what it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Sorry. Also had to a, had to look Also it up. a good song. Yeah. They do uh How's It Gonna Be as well. Motorcycle mm-hmm. drive by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got some Anyways. good ones. Anyways. Anyways. This is like our Coco episode. We were it all is. like, yeah, we love Coco. Coco's wonderful. And then we spent the entire time talking about other things. We could not talk about Coco. No. But this movie yeah. really is good. And I was it so really happy is. to watch it again. Also, yeah. I lo- a thing that I did not mention because I barely talked about the movie. But I like the use of, of the wax um voodoo doll things yeah like i don't know i feel like that's a little that's like slightly dark for scooby-doo mm-hmm. and i don't know i thought it was fun it was very unsettling when the it was the, by everybody's fire. yeah everybody's dolls wound up by the fire and their like faces started melting yeah yeah wasn't into that wasn't into that (laughs) and i like that shaggy and scooby like granted they had other things going on but they didn't like move the dolls they just happened to run past and so the the wax dolls rolled away um i also it's just funny to me the funny to me the way that lena's like it's a waste of magic wax Wax. (laughs) yeah wasted time and magic wax like no you always incapacitate shaggy and scooby first you imbeciles haven't you seen this show before guys god any episode yeah that was that was a good joke that (laughs) shaggy and scooby are too dumb in the minds of the cat people to even worry about (laughs) it's so good how did you feel about them losing the camera in the quicksand devastating sad because it's also necessary it It has it's how it always is like this movie's so great because it's like oh the monsters are real but it also like then doesn't change the dynamic of the in scooby universe like we can go back to the classic scooby-doo because like zombie island shouldn't have been oh all the monsters are real and everything forever scooby-doo now like 
it takes care not to like not to open that door and turn scooby-doo into a supernatural show yeah like like which i feel like is why so many scooby-doo variants don't confirm daphne and fred being a thing because like once you go to them being a thing it's really hard to walk back even for other other versions of scooby-doo although i guess they are a thing in mystery incorporated but that's not one of their best shows there, so there is a, a Scooby-Doo show in which they are canonically yeah. together? Yeah. So, I mean, there's pining at the beginning, but, like, it's not like Zombie Island where they're clearly pining but don't verbally confirm it. And this one, Daphne's like, I have a crush on Fred, but all he cares about is traps. So how do I get him <laughs> to like me? And then Fred is like, Wow, I want to spend a lot of time around Daphne. What's that about? These these are feelings, and they have nothing to do with traps. So I don't I don't know how to process them. Fair. <laughs> and like and like, it's cute. It's fine. I have other problems with that show, such as like the such as a lot of the monsters are real, which I think works for a movie like Zombie Island. I don't think it works for a long running Scooby Doo show. I can see that. I mean, there is the the whole point of the show is that you know there's there's guys that dress up in costumes and you got to catch them. Yeah, there's guys. <laughs> it you is know? it is not only <laughs> it, it's a it's a problem that only exists in the Scooby Doo universe. Yeah, but like that is the main problem <laughs> that exists in the Scooby Doo universe. Yeah. Just just like Shaggy and Scooby are always hungry, there are always more men dressed up as crawfish. Always. C- constantly. Yeah, so. Yeah. All right. Should we talk about anything else or should we move on to the next episode? Um, I can't think of anything else. I like when Bo and Velma flirt at the end, and I want that for both of them. Yeah, he does. He Same. does like mystery novels. He does like mystery novels. Isn't it cute? It's really cute. Um, Hallie, what are your thoughts on Shaggy and Velma as a couple? Eh, no. I can't I tell like that I was, was eh, no, or eh, I don't know. Eh, no. Okay. I don't like them as a couple. And maybe that's why I don't like Mystery Incorporated. Because, because Velma has such a debilitating crush on Shaggy in that, that it's just like... I don't know. They they play the whole like girl wants guy, guy doesn't know how to say no, and so girl comes across as creepy and clingy and it's weird and bad and I don't like it. And there's a lot of like secondhand embarrassment humor, which Ooh. gets really grating when it's constant like that. So I don't like that. But I mean even before then, like I just don't get the vibes. A lot of people I know were like, well, we assumed Daphne and Fred were together, which is a fair assumption. And so we assumed Shaggy and Velma, because they were the other girl-guy pair, were together. It's like, no. No. Girls and guys can just be friends. Yeah. They don't have the spark. Velma and Shaggy do not have the romantic spark. Is this because you had a crush on Shaggy? Yes. It's pure jealousy. (laughs) And want him for yourself. The only other person Shaggy can date is Scooby. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they're basically like a couple. 
always together. Shaggy deals with so much shit. He's always like, I'm going to go eat in the car or in the kitchen because my dog is mad at these at these rats. I also love that when uh, Lena is showing them the bedrooms, everybody gets like a really nice four poster bed. And then Shaggy, who presumably has to share with Scooby, has a twin bed. Like she just clearly does not like them. Yeah. And I love that for them. Yeah. The next movie. The next movie. The next movie. All right. Okay, so for next time, meet Meg. She lives in New York with her stepmother and stepsisters who hate her for some reason, which is too bad because <laughs> Meg is a delight. Charming, <laughs> cheerful, always looking on the bright side of life. Meg has big plans for her future. If only she could get out and see the world. When pop sensation Jean-Luc Cribon comes to town, Meg calls into the radio and wins backstage passes to meet the charming Frenchman. But her tickets are stolen by her stepsisters who go in her place. But Meg has been saving up money from her tedious editing job and buys a <laughs> ticket from a scalper just before showtime, determined to have a good time. She locks eyes with Jean-Luc, who is instantly smitten with her. But Meg has to leave early to catch the last subway train back home, and he is unable to get her number, only her left-behind shoe. <laughs> because that's right. For next time, we're watching a Cinderella story. It's just Cinderella in New York. That's, that's the story. <laughs> the most alarming thing is that because she left behind a shoe, she's just, like, on the subway. Yeah, it's really unhygienic. Her foot is exposed to all sorts of things. Right yeah, now. it's really gross. Who knows what that floor has seen? Yeah. Will Jean-Luc be able to get her before diseases do? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. He just takes the shoe to the local ER to see who's been infected with E. coli or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know anything about a Cinderella story except for... Uh, stories about Cinderella. So, yeah, be um, prepared to have your life changed, David. Yeah, I, I. It could be about anything at all. Anything at all. Yeah. You make anything, a lot of assumptions with um the stepmother and stepsisters, though. You did. You did. Yeah. What what assumptions, assumptions did I make? Their existence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't just assume. That a story that is a derivative of the, of the Cinderella fairy tale has a stepmother and stepsisters. That is a leap. Yeah, well, we'll find out if I'm right or not. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be for next time. This time, <laughs> technically, with Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Woo, sorry Scooby-Doo on Zombie <laughs> Island for not talking was. about you that much. Yeah. You're a beloved movie, though. Yeah, I like I said, I did... I did enjoy it. I'm looking forward to watching other Scooby-Doo films for this podcast. Marvelous. Good, good, good. Which I'm sure will be coming down the pipeline before too long. Yeah. Um, so that was that was it. That was 92 Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Next time. 92 Scooby-Doo. Love a rhyme. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So until next time. So long, Kristen. Bye, David. Good night, Hallie. Good night, David. And good night, listeners. All right. You were supposed to do the Popeye voice. Oh, no, 
Popeye voice. I spinach. I'm Popeye. Saying good night. Get a good night's sleep. That's how you get muscles. Yeah, that's because Popeye's all about the muscles and eating spinach and doing things that are good for you. So he wants you to go to bed on time. Yeah, that's the secret. Arr, arr. <laughs>